Hey everybody, welcome to Point Break Minute. I'm Murrin. And I'm Jessa. Hi Jessa, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm great. Good. Hang, hanging out, just hanging out, brah. You know how it is. Oh. Surfer talk I... and whatnot. Oh. <laughs> I, I think surfing is really cool. How about you? Um, I, it's not something I give much thought about on a daily basis. <laughs> no, I don't either, but I, whenever I see people surfing, I think like, I, I kind of wish I could be that person. I've never surfed in my life. I have not either, but the thought of there potentially being sharks or things like seaweed that could touch me doesn't sound appealing. You're not an ocean person. Actually, I don't think I knew that about you. Yeah. 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 Uh, ever you since like, seen Titanic. You like the beach. I know that. Yes. Beach, everyone likes beaches, but going yeah. in the water. Anyway, oh. we're, we're already off on a tangent. Um, point Break. We're doing a, the Movies by Minutes podcast format with this. Uh, we wanted to do one for a while. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, we eventually decided on Point Break because it's a movie we both love. And it has an aesthetic that we've... Um, the sort of 80s aesthetic, even though it's not an 80s movie. Actually, it was 1991. Oh, really? It has that, yeah, it's 1991. Um, oh, I didn't know that. But, you know, basically still the 80s, and it has a very 80s soundtrack and, uh, you know, just feel to it. Um, yeah. So we both like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Is Swayze quintessentially 80s, would you say? No, I think of Swayze more in the 90s, actually. Um, oh. I think, although, no, he had, like, Dirty Dancing. That's, that's what I was meaning, yeah. Dirty Dancing and... Um, well, there's something. What else is he? <laughs> Patrick Swayze. I should know this off the top of my head. Nothing like researching, making for some good audio. Oh yeah, hear that keyboard clacking. Yeah, Point Break. Uh, we we start with the the first minute. Um, oh yeah, Roadhouse, Red Dawn. Roadhouse is eighties, yeah. Roadhouse is eighty nine, yeah. And we just, uh, that one we just saw, Next of Kin, where uh, mm, he's brothers uh -huh. with uh, Bill Paxton and Liam Neeson. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think of him, he's an 80s and 90s guy. I say, like, he kind of made himself, you know, he made his name in the 80s, but he had some 90s stuff, too. Did he have any big hits after Point Break? Uh, let's see. Um, eh, actually, not a lot of recognizable titles. The only the title I recognize after Point Break is Donnie Darko, which so was definitely one could say that Point Break is his swan song. I would I would say that I haven't seen any of the any of the movies between Point Break in 1991 and Donnie Darko in 2001, and that's a very different Swayze. <laughs> that's the the dark Swayze. Yeah, he he does not look like he is not the young virile Swayze that he was and that he is a puffier middle-aged Swayze Aww. and uh he's I love him in Donnie Darko but uh yeah did not even remember he was in that movie yeah he's you know he's a supporting character he plays a a pedophile who's also oh. a, a, who's also a um like a a life speaker like a, a inspirational oh. speaker I thought you were gonna say he was like his dad or something yeah nope Anyway, uh, yeah, I guess you would say he was he he, he had most of his hits in the eighties, and then uh, Point Break in ninety one was kind of kind of the last big movie that what I've a seen. Good one least. to go out on. It's a great one to go out on. I yeah, 
Anyway, uh, let's just talk a little bit about ourselves before we get into the minute. Um, I, uh, my name is Marin Kennedy. I'm an actor uh, in the Portland, Washington, Seattle-ish area. I'm currently currently uh, appearing in Cymbeline at Harlequin Productions in Olympia, Washington. We open on uh, October 5th. That's tomorrow. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you won't be listening to this right now. Uh, but yeah, playing through October 28th, 2017. What do you do? Uh, what do you do, Jessa? So my name's Jessa, and I'm a stylist. Um, I met Murrin when I was 15, and he was 17. Yeah, yeah, we've uh, known each other for a while. Yeah, uh, as we, actors, and yes. now I'm not so much an actor anymore. More of a movie and theater lover, but. Professionally, I am a stylist. We, if it wasn't clear, I don't know if it is the way, the way we talk, we are uh, a couple. Yeah. Um, we've been together for four years. Um, yeah. And uh, we kind of bonded over movies. Um, yeah. I remember early on, well, I, I took you to The Warriors. And that's how I knew you were, you were a, and, uh, a goodin. <laughs> I, yeah, I, it was a good choice. And, uh, Early on, we also watched uh, Miami Connection together. Great yep. cult, bad movie, good bad movie. The Room. The Room. Yeah, got to do nothing, that. Nothing that remarkable, though, about The Room. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Miami Connection was the one that you introduced me to, and I hadn't heard of it before, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw the trailer for it in the movie theater when we saw... Uh, whatchamacallit, uh, The Warriors, right? We saw, we saw a trailer for that in Jim Cotta, right? I didn't remember that we saw Miami Connection. Oh, I just remember Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta is the greatest trailer ever made, I think. Yeah, go look that so up on you, YouTube. If you haven't seen it, you should probably just stop this right now and then go find it. Go find the Jim Cotta trailer. Yeah. Should we do Jim Cotta Minute? We should. Yeah. There are so many yeah. options. I was also thinking, um, we can get into this later, but... Uh, drop zone minute would be cool it'd be a good uh, sequel to this yeah as a sort of an adrenaline movie featuring gary Busey. anyway and wesley snipes and wesley snipes yes that, that's a that's a good underrated 90s action movie kind of a uh unofficial <laughs> sequel to this in a lot of ways yeah uh, so yeah yeah a lot, a lot it of ways. Is. yeah it's it definitely kind of a takeoff on the the formula this is uh, like after Gary Busey leaves the cops, though, and then decides to yeah. become, like, what, yeah. I don't even remember Drop Zone, like a parachuting Yeah, he, he's a, he's a, para- it's basically the same as Point Break, except Gary Busey is the Patrick Swayze character, and he has uh, a team of uh, criminal uh, skydivers, and they, they do their crimes that way, and Wesley Snipes is the Keanu Reeves character, he has to infiltrate them and learn how to skydive. So Wesley Snipes makes a good second Keanu Reeves, but Gary Busey does not make a good. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's not. I, I say he's the Patrick Swayze character in that he's the main villain, not that he's a sexy surfer guy. <laughs> he's yeah, definitely. He's not is, playing the same type, but he is. He is the main antagonist. Is not Patrick Swayze. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Patrick Swayze charming. is. I, I should have said spoiler alert. We don't know if Patrick Swayze is the villain. Oh, is he the villain? I don't know if I even call him that. But um, oh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, 
we'll get into more into drop zone as the movie goes on. I think probably have more to say about drop zone. So go look that up if you don't know what we're talking about. Anyway, let's get into the minute. Let's uh, let's do a little uh, summary of the first minute of Point Break. We start with uh, the Largo title screen, Largo Entertainment. That well-known. That well-known uh, production company. I, I looked up I... Largo Entertainment. Yeah, what and, are they? Uh, they're they as it says at the bottom of the screen. They are uh, uh, backed by uh, the Victor Company of Japan or JVC, which oh. I know. Uh, my parents have a stereo system uh, made by JVC from probably the early 90s. Um, still works great, though. They make uh, they, they started making by making radios and uh, phonographs. My parents have a phonograph, a JVC phonograph. So What's guess, a phonograph? A uh, record player. Why not just say record player? Why not just say phonograph? That sounds pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Okay. Uh, yeah, Lar- Largo Entertainment. Uh, they Point Break was the first movie they produced. They uh, began in 1989. Um, not a lot of big movies in their uh, in their filmography. Uh, they did produce Time Cop. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. One of the other ones they produced GI Jane. Uh, okay. With. Uh, with uh, Wait, what are you talking about? Jimmy no Moore. big movies. Those are three big movies. Well. Uh, yeah, but that's beyond that. I'm not seeing much. Oh, oh, okay. So out of like 20 or so, um, they also did a movie called Adrenaline: Fear the Rush, which no, uh, features Christopher Lambert and uh, Natasha Henstridge, and that looks kind of interesting. I'm kind of curious about that. Gotta see that. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. Maybe you can find it in a DVD bin for a dollar somewhere. Yeah, Myrna and I's favorite activity is diving through dvd bins at places to see if there's any good 80s movies or like those straight to dvd movies from old action heroes like Stallone or schwarzenegger straight to dvds yeah it's it's pretty great we find uh you know we found some good ones some not so good ones but uh yeah 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 anyway uh, start Largo Entertainment, and then we go, and uh, there's some nice music with that, too. I really I thought that was a nice opening to the film. It's kind of like mm-hmm. tinkling uh, music. And then, um, and I actually kind of uh, I thought it was part of the score, but it, watching it again, I, uh, it is just for Largo Entertainment, I think. Then we get the sound of surf crashing against the beach. Mm-hmm. That beautiful font. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say the... That's a sunset golden hour kind of lighting, or would you say that's more of a sunrise? Oh, good question. Um, I would say probably sunrise, right? I'd say yeah. I mean, trying to think, it takes place in LA, so they're on the West Coast. So, well, and doesn't like Lori Petty? I mean, this is for a later minute, but doesn't Lori Petty make? Keanu Reeves when she's first training him to be a surfer. They, they started up the really early. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Boys, later minutes. I mean, that's a because I assume you're watching spoiler. this as we are one minute at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say I think surfing usually happens in the morning. I mean, I think it's just, there's night surfing. You can surf anytime, but it, I'm trying to night think surfing about, like, sharks. Sharks. That's prime shark feeding time. I'm not, I'm not even joking. Like dusk is like when the sharks come out. But and people do it. Yeah, but those are people who are... Well, it's about the adrenaline, Jessa. That's the whole point. 
Like, they... Anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, this could be a whole separate movie. Like, it could be called, like, Shark Teasers or something. Like, you're just tempting fate for a shark to eat you. That's... Yeah, I think that's the whole point. No, it's about... They're adrenaline junkies. No, but the whole adrenaline is the wave. The rush of the wave, man. Right? Yeah. Well, it's more... I mean, they do... Well, we don't know technically what this movie is about yet, but uh, they will do more than just surfing. So are we, are, and possibly are more we dangerous activities than surfing. for the sake of the audience that we are living truly in the moment. We have not seen this movie a million times and going through it minute by minute. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard. To, I mean, it's hard to stick to that rule. Having, is that, know, is that, especially is that when we just have the credits to work with. Hmm? Is that, is that like a typical thing? Do people try not to go beyond the minute? It depends. Okay. I think it's kind of amusing to to try and do it that way. Yeah. But we don't need yeah. to, we don't need yeah. to have a hard rule about it. Anyway, yeah. uh, in the in the next credit we see is uh, a Levi Abrams Guerin production, and I can't find anything about them. Uh, this might have been the only movie that group did. Hmm. Levi Abrams. Yes. Or Levy. Probably Levi. Is it Eugene Levy or Eugene Levi? It's Eugene Levy, well, right? Well, it's spelled different, isn't it? Levy is L-E-V-Y. Levi is L-E-V-I. Yeah. And this is L-E-V-Y. So maybe Eugene Levy produced this. I mean, probably. I mean, that would just be... Or is it Levy? Maybe Levy. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know anything about them. We'll, we'll go to yeah. the next part. The next credit we see is a Catherine Bigelow film. Catherine Big- Bigelow, uh, known for uh, the later years, um, The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, and Detroit. Sort of her darker historic film trilogy. Um, I haven't seen Detroit, but I've seen the other two. And is Detroit both... supposed to be any good? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's kind of, you know, in the similar vein as the other two, just very... Gritty, uh, yeah, hard to watch. Um, you know, it's sort of uh, a document of a very uh, bad time. <laughs> um, I'm curious, I, I want to see it, I haven't gotten to it yeah. yet. Yeah, I, I didn't really want to see it in theaters. I, I think no, it too stressful. Been, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll rent it. Um, gotta love what's his face in it. Um, John Boyega, Mer- yeah, you, you know. Murren always knows the people. He's my he's my encyclopedia of everything because I, I, I forget everything. I believe Will Poulter is also in that one, which I uh, who's, who's he's, that? He's the the kid in the Revenant, who uh, I really liked him in that, and he's, in, he's oh. been in some other things. I don't remember him in that, but yeah. Anyway, I'm an I'm an encyclopedia for that stuff. Even though I haven't seen the movie, I already have actors of it in my head. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think I know anything beyond that, but uh, yeah. But I wonder what, af- why after, like, was this movie to make her some money? Like, how did she get into making this movie and then going on to make movies that were all in the same vein? You know, like, was this her trying to break into the industry and then after that, then she can make her passion projects? Or, you know, uh, I I'm gonna have to look into that. Let's talk about Catherine Bigelow a little more in later minutes. I'm uh okay. I, uh, I'm looking at her filmography. I mean, this was definitely years before that. And the, the movies that she did around this time, like this was coming off 
Blue Steel, which was a uh, Jamie Lee Curtis cop vehicle. I haven't seen that. Um, also known as Zoolander's, one of his trademark faces. Yes, it's, I'm sure he got it from that. I wonder yeah. if he did. I'm, I'm curious about that now. Like, did they take that from... Is oh, that I'm a sure. thing in the movie Blue Steel, or did they just... Yeah. I'm, I'm sure, but I wonder I'm like, what that. the deep cut is there. Like, we'll, have to watch, what is the... we'll have to watch Blue Steel at some point, and then we can give a review of it. Yeah. Um, so this is coming right off of that. Apparently, um, none other than Ridley Scott was in talks to direct this. Really? Mm-hmm. And, oh, that uh, would have been cool. I mean, Catherine Bigelow obviously did an amazing job at this, but we're talking like Ridley Scott, like, uh, no, wait. A- Alien, uh, Blade Runner. The Thing? Thelma and Louise. Uh, the Thing is John Carpenter. Oh, just kidding. But uh, they have a kind of similar-ish aesthetic, uh, I guess, with The Thing. I could imagine The Thing having been directed by Ridley Scott because he did Alien, which is, yeah, they definitely live in that same uh, kind of tone. And speaking of good-looking old men... Kurt Russell. Yes, I thought you were talking about Ridley Scott, and I'm like, I don't, I don't really know what he looks like. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, sorry. Kurt Russell is definitely a good-looking older man. Mm-hmm. You have kind of a thing for good-looking older men. That um, I do. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, Kurt Russell. I think everyone pretty much thinks he's attractive. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's kind mean, of he's the. Aged, uh... He's aged very well, just like Patrick Swayze didn't. I'm, yeah. R.I.P. That, that was kind of insensitive. He's rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Um, what was insensitive about calling him aging nicely? Well, I said it, just like Patrick Swayze didn't. Oh, aww. because he got puffy. Oh, but yeah. R.I.P. He was going through some tough times for the end. Yeah, he uh, was sick with cancer, wasn't he? Didn't he? Isn't I that what so. he died of? Yeah, I feel really bad about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. We'll just let that go. We'll move on. Okay. Patrick Swayze, you're great. We love you. I hope you're surfing in heaven now. Yeah. Um, Do you think this movie would... Holy shit. What was that? I have no clue. It just banged up against the roof. Oh. Scary. Yeah. Anyways, we can edit that right. out. Let's get let's get moving. This, uh, this first minute is already going pretty long, I think. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. Um, uh, yeah, so we got Catherine Bigelow. Originally, yeah, Ridley Scott um, was going to direct it, which would have been interesting. Um, yeah, he, he, you know, he did Thelma and Louise, which oh. I feel like is, uh, it would have been closer to that probably than, you know, his sort of, although there is a lot of haze in this movie, which is something he was known for. Like Really? Yeah. Like, so I left before we finished Thel- Thelma and Louise. Oh, yeah, um, that one time yeah. when I was watching that. <laughs> it, yeah, a few years ago. Funny but, story about Thelma and Louise. Uh, in, in acting school, in clown class, we had to do clown versions of movies as part of an assignment, and I did Thelma and Louise. And I played Thelma. Anyway. But, so, like, what, what would you say is a trademark of Thelma and Louise? I don't know. It's... I don't. I can't really think of one. It doesn't uh, really match up to like Alien or Blade Runner, as Ridley Scott's earlier movies. Um, it's just kind of. I think of Thelma and Louise as just kind of a well-made adventure movie. Hmm. Okay. It doesn't. Uh, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but okay. I remember. You know, I remember being surprised that it was a Ridley Scott movie because it had kind of a different feel to it. 
but I thought it was, and I think it's a great movie. Um, yeah. It has, a, yeah. I feel like that kind of matches up to the Point Break aesthetic a little bit more. It kind of feels a little more late 80s, early 90s, and has kind of like a fun feel to it, even though it ends uh, very dramatically. Um, and sadly. Yeah. Although, okay. the ending of, we can talk about the ending of Thelma and Louise at, uh, in uh, Thelma and Louise Minute upcoming no no uh, surprised no one's done that yet that'd be a good one or have they eh. anyway yeah uh drop zone is coming first um so yeah we got Catherine bigelow uh yeah she was married to james cameron at this time oh. james cameron also an executive producer on this um and uh reading about it it looks like that may have had something to do with her getting that uh um, with uh, Ridley Scott uh, not being able to sign on, they were looking for looking for someone to do it, and James Cameron's like, "I'm my wife, <laughs> my wife, my wife." No, no, sorry, I should not. We, we, we I'll edit that out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like, she she had just done Blue Steel and uh, looking for an, another project, and um, I haven't seen Blue Steel, but it looked like kind of you know a cop action movie. So oh, cool. Probably kind of a, a good, you know, starting point for this. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I wonder how much of James Cameron's, uh, you know, because producer's kind of a glossed over term for somebody who does a lot of different stuff. Yeah. I'm really I... sure what a producer, does anybody really know what a producer's job is? It probably varies. I, I know that sometimes an executive producer credit can just be in return for, you know, helping. Basically, like, yeah, if you, like you, you could, you could get given money or, you know, made, you know, some phone calls and gotten some things in place. You know, it it could be anything. Um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to say how much James Cameron had to do with this. Uh, he might when have I was, helped when get I was it in, off the ground. Oh, what? Sorry, I interrupted. I mean, from, from what I'm reading here, it sounds like he was signed on as EP before Catherine Bigelow was signed on as director. So he okay. might have been... Or you know, working on getting it off the ground. Uh, yeah, I, I can only surmise. Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, that's not, we can go back to Catherine Bigelow in later minutes. Yeah. Do you want to say anything else about Keanu or Swayze right oh, now? Yeah, we're just getting to that. We we right after Catherine a Catherine Bigelow film, we see Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, and this is uh this is when I noticed that. There's an interesting font used um, for the title, the titles of this movie. It looks yeah. like pretty standard block lettering, except that the A's don't have the crosses in them. Basically upside down V's. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why that was a choice, but it, it makes it stand out a little bit. I guess it kind of looks like, I don't know, it's, it's an interesting style. Yeah. When I was trying to find a font for our little uh, poster or image or whatever for this, our minute podcast, I did research Point Break font, and there's a specific I did too. font. You did too? Yeah. yeah, I wasn't able to find anything though. Oh, yeah. I said um, they had some name for it. Obviously, I can't remember what it is now, um, but it's like, you're right. It's just like a regular block font. Um, with edge. Um, <laughs> so 
it's got to have edge. Yeah, yeah. It's about that edge, man. Yeah. It's about the edge, bro. You got to take the edge off. Yeah. Or get an edge. I don't know which. Um, I don't think people are probably that. Maybe people are really interested in font. Those graphic designers out there. Or type type of typographists, if that's a thing. Yeah, probably. Maybe we can get a, a guest on later that can talk about typography. About font. <laughs> font and typography. Because it's, it's so important. Maybe for this. the end credits. Yeah. Um. All right, yeah, so next we get starring, not star, it doesn't say starring, but uh, Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. And I thought it was also interesting that uh, their names kind of slide onto the screen sideways. And it's done in a way that doesn't, it isn't like uh, one is before the other. Because if it was like yeah. one was on the left and one was the right, you would read the left one first. But they kind of both get uh, equal billing. Equal billing because they're just kind of coming from the side and, and then they cross paths. And just then, like the then, movie. Yeah. They cross paths. They're like ships ships passing in the night, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's the same font. And, uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves starts from the left, Patrick Swayze from the right, and then they cross. And uh, they both kind of get the, the the first positioning there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, Keanu Reeves is the protagonist, but... Patrick Swayze is his the yin to his yang, so. But not equals. protagonists aren't necessarily like good. Like there isn't a reason why they would be shown first. Well, I mean, a protagonist. I could talk about. We could talk about, uh, you know, how to break down stories and stuff like that later on. But a protagonist is generally they drive the plot forward, and uh, generally. They are the main character, not always though. So I guess you have a point. They're not the protagonist isn't always necessarily the main character. They can there can be a difference. Yeah. Anyway, Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. Um, looking on Wikipedia. Wikipedia, the podcast. Uh, originally, Matthew Broderick, Johnny Depp, Val Kilmer, and Charlie Sheen were all considered to star as Johnny Utah. What? Matthew. Broderick, can you like effing the imagine? music man? He played the music man. Yeah, and he was Ferris. He was Ferris Bueller. I guess I can see Ferris Bueller kind of going because he was kind of a cool. Well, when was Ferris Bueller made? Good question. Because he's a baby in Ferris Bueller, and I feel like Ferris Bueller couldn't have been that different. Ferris in Bueller time. was made in 1986, so you'd have been five years. Oh, okay, maybe. Um, but, okay, I can see it, Johnny Depp. I can see Val Kilmer. Yeah, the other ones, Charlie Sheen. Eh. I mean, I can't, I cannot, like, get past Charlie Sheen being crazy Charlie Sheen. Yeah, at this time, you know, maybe it would have been a little more plausible. But none of them got the role. Um, Yeah, Matthew Broderick it would have been almost 30 by the time oh. this was made. So he looks he looks like a child, basically. So it's kind of weird. But yeah. He would have been older than Keanu Reeves. Um, Keanu's perfect for this, though. I mean, he just yeah. has that oh, like, yeah. sweet innocence to him. Yeah. It is kind of funny. In the, um, the Honest trailer for this that we watched recently, shout out to Honest Trailers, um, they pointed out that he kind of uh, 
he has to pretend to be a dumb surfer, which is usually what he he is up until this one. He was kind of like you know funny, in, uh, yeah, he's kind of like a a dumb funny guy. So he has yeah. to that's his disguise in this, but he has to actually be an FBI agent. What movie was he just coming off of after having coming off sounding like a drug? Yeah. But like what it's movie had down he from. just yeah. Had he done before this? Um, let's see. He had just done a movie called Tune In Tomorrow. I don't know what that is. And he also, before that, it was I Love You to Death. Before that, Parenthood. And uh, in 1989, this is all in a couple of years. In 1989, he did do Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So he had like I mean I don't know anything about those other movies so maybe in some yeah I think you know he might have done different kids. things in those but like Bill and Ted was definitely like his calling card at this point I think okay um he didn't there aren't really many recognizable titles besides that and uh, and Dangerous Liaisons of course when was Dangerous Liaisons was that it was before or after that was eighty eight really yeah fascinating yeah. It's interesting that, because I would have, seeing that movie, I would have assumed he got cast based on his name, not based on, you know, but. No, uh, I would have, no, because, so I'm a huge Dangerous Liaisons fan. Like that, like if I was still an actor, the Glenn Close role, you know, if we were doing a stage production of that would be my dream yeah. role. So like, I freaking love that movie and I love that play. And the role of Don Senny, which is the role that Keanu Reeves plays is supposed to be this kind of innocent dumb guy and if like when was when was bill and ted's 86 that was 88 89 89 so that was after Yeah, i guess it is still kind of the same the same kind of role just in a different time period and different place yeah totally i mean yeah he's supposed to be like a very good uh artist and that's the reason why Glenn Close's character is fucking him, is or excuse me, sleeping you, with you him. You can swear. Okay, cool. Um, we'll just get an explicit tag on, she's on iTunes. His mentor, his patron, patron, whatever. Like, um, I, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't have much to do with what we're talking about, but that's just interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm seeing here uh, for Point Break. He did get the MTV Movie Award for Most Desirable Male. Hmm. Really, it didn't go to Swayze. I'm surprised. I would give it to Swayze. Yeah, those between the two of them. I mean, both of them are, you know, their own thing. But yeah. apparently, uh, Patrick Swayze was nominated. Okay, but well, Keanu Reeves took the took the prize. Also nominated that year. <laughs> this is I, I never thought I would look at this page. Kevin Costner <laughs> for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Most desirable Wait, male. Kevin Kevin Costner? Kevin Costner. For Robin Hood? For Robin Hood. Is he like forty in that? You, you, yeah, I think he I think he was born forty. Um Yeah, probably. He probably wasn't, but uh yeah. Definitely, you know, in uh in opposition to uh Keanu Reeves, he kind of always looked like a middle aged man. Whereas Keanu Whereas Reeves, Keanu Reeves always looks like he's like a newborn. Yeah. Also yeah. nominated Christian Slater for Cuffs. I don't know what Ew. Cuffs is. And Jean-Claude Van Damme for Double Impact in the dual role of Chad Wagner and Alex Wagner. Awesome. Yeah. We love ourselves some Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes. 
but I wouldn't necessarily say that he's sexy. Really? You don't like those buns? Those, I mean, those, I those love oil, me oily some, buns. I love me some butt shots, but it's more for like the love of butts that I get excited. Not for his in particular. Yeah. Okay. He does have a bubblicious butt. Though. He does. He has a great butt. Um, yeah. Who knew we'd be talking so much about the sexiness of '80s movie stars? I I would have predicted that based on this movie, <laughs> because Patrick yeah. Swayze's in it. Is he just sexy? epitomized do you think do you word. don't think patrick swayze is sexy in this movie oh yes he is okay yeah i would i would think so in normal stuff not so much so dirty dancing sexy. never seen it but the bits i have seen like isn't he supposed to be like some like kind of creeper you know i actually haven't seen that movie all the way through either okay but a lot of people think he's sexy in that i know that um i guess dancing is he, yeah he's a good dancer and he has yeah. to show off i mean he's a dancer in real life um yeah. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, sexy guys, Keanu and, Keanu and Patrick Swayze, up against each other for the MTV Movie Award for Most Desirable Male. And then, as the minute ends, we we see uh, these letters, which you can't really tell what it says, which reminds me of uh, um, on uh, Mystery Science Theater, the episode of Mitchell, where they do a similar thing with the Mitchell title, and they, can't, they keep making jokes about what they think it means, or the, they think it says. Oh my god, so, it's hilarious. It kind of reminded me of that that opening yeah. title sequence of Mitchell. Um, it's a very that's a deep cut, uh, yeah. but that's what it reminded me of. Um, but awesome. just as the minute ends, the words separate, and we see that it says "Point Break." Woo! This episode is going pretty long, but there's one more thing about the, <laughs> the title. So we we got to talk about the title because the title just appeared. Yeah. Um, uh, when I, f- as you know, when I first heard about this movie, you guys probably I don't know. I don't. I don't know when I heard about it. I came and came into my consciousness. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was Point Break, uh, as in like you know Point Defiance or Point you know like a, a place. Oh, okay. For those who don't know, there's a place in Seattle, which is where we're from, called Point Defiance. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and there are other points, right? That's true. I. It's like a cape. A, yeah. A, a cape, fear cape. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, so I thought it was a place. But then I realized point break is a surfing term. What does it mean? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia, the podcast. <laughs> it's a type of wave characteristic of a coast with a headland. <laughs> What's a headland? <laughs> <laughs> We're diving deep into this. We are. It's a narrow piece of land that projects from a coastline into the sea. So it's like a bluff or a cape or a point. So, <laughs> so like where the, the wave break, hits so it. So it's where the wave hits. It's a, a point or a headland. It's like a, sort of a point of land that juts out into the sea. And a point break is the wave that breaks onto it. And uh, oh. yeah, and I guess it's a, you know a desirable wave for surfers. Probably gets cool. some pretty big... Uh, surf there, I would imagine. Gnarly. We'll probably hear them talk about it in the movie. I wonder if yeah. I wonder if they'll say the title of this movie in the movie. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I'm Stay sure tuned to do. find out. All right. I think that's about all we got. 
Do you want to... We talked almost for, for 35 minutes about the first minute of Point Break in which no actors appear and nothing really happens. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a lot to get into, apparently. Awesome. Well, do you want to dis- maybe discuss like your pick of the week like what's something that you've seen movie or television wise you'd like to recommend to our listeners while they uh wait for the next minute because i know they're eagerly eagerly awaiting the next minute when (laughs) things might actually happen besides waves crashing and titles and and font (laughs) um let's see i mean uh i was i was pleasantly surprised by hotel transylvania we both watched that that's pretty funny it wasn't it wasn't like a a Zootopia level or, or Pixar Toy Story. Like it wasn't at that level, but it was pretty funny considering it featured the talents of Adam Sandler and Kevin James. I was surprised. Yeah. The only time where Adam Sandler's voice, whatever the fuck he's doing with that voice works. Yeah, because he kind of I mean he he kind of half did the sort of Dracula voice, which actually kind of works with his voice. Yeah. It was kind of a, you know, him doing a Dracula voice equals funny Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I uh, I watched, that uh, completed the first season of Westworld, um, and it started out great and went downhill for me. Yeah. But I'd still recommend it. Okay. I'll have to give it Got a shot. Some, some good acting on it. Some heavy hitters. Yeah. Do you see any butts? I mean, it's like HBO, so I yeah. You see all you sorts see of stuff. Butt. You see dong. You see boobs. You see butt. You see everything. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Especially, and, well, they're, and especially they're robot people. <laughs> robot dong. You see, you see that in Westworld. At least once. But like they're like humans though, so like. Well, yeah, the, the at- actors are human. Yeah. Well, obviously. I mean, but I mean, like, when you look at the dick, is it like full of like gears and stuff, or is it just no? Pain? No, you're right. I mean, the, the the way they make them on the show, um, at least. They're... This isn't a Westworld podcast, just No, okay. <laughs> I recommend it. It's not amazing, but it's it's worth watching. Okay. It's cool. I like robot stuff. You do. Anyway, uh, we should probably sign off. Okay. I'm Marin Kennedy. I'm Jessa. And you, you've been listening to Point Break Minute, bro. Catch it, yo. Yo, that famous surfing term. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, MTV refs. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.